Hi, my name is White James Moore, and you are listening to my dad and your host of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today, guys, I can't tell you how excited I am about the topic um, of marketing your short-term vacation rental. Marketing always gets me really fired up. And I want to talk to you guys about marketing and, and how you can really maximize that asset with, with turbocharged marketing and some things that you can do differently than most of your competition out there. However, we need to rewind a little bit. If you know anything about me, you know that we focus on really three major outcomes in Lifestyle Asset University. One, we really focus on acquiring a property in the right location and the right property type for that location. Understanding what really makes a great asset. And, and buying, a, uh, you know, and adding one of those assets to your portfolio. The second outcome we talk about all the time is setting up and management of that property and that asset to deliver a unique customer experience. Again, that, you know, how do, how do we deliver the fairy tale? How do, we, how do we create a unique customer experience? Because if you have a unique customer experience, it's really easy to stand out in a crowded market. And then that third outcome is how do we maximize our asset with turbocharged marketing? And that's what we're going to talk about today. However, we have to rewind a little bit and you have to make sure that you're actually ready for marketing. You have to make sure you have a solid foundation. And, and that's where we lose a lot of people. And I talk to a lot of people who have an asset, they're on Airbnb or VRBO, and they're like, hey, Sean, I just need some uh, some new marketing. I'm really struggling with my property. And, and what they do is they start to give themselves excuses of why their property is not performing. And so there's people fall into two camps when it comes to marketing their property and why they do or don't market their property. Number one, it's not performing and they're looking for marketing. And when I look at their asset, First of all, they didn't give a whole lot of thought to acquiring the right property, and they have almost zero thought most of the time when they're struggling on delivering a unique experience and how they've got it set up and what their management structure looks like and all those different things that we talk about. And if you think about building a house, guys, buying the right property in the right area, the right property type for that area, setting it up, delivering that unique experience, these are foundational pieces. Marketing is what you're going to do at the very end to maximize an asset. And, and if you just, if you don't pay attention to that front, front end part, I always tell people that's like putting whipped cream on shit. You still have a big pile of shit and the marketing is not gonna do anything to help you maximize your asset. And so you really have to take that, take a couple steps back, right? And it's not, it's not difficult, but you don't jump into the marketing game because the no amount of marketing is going to, you know, it's that lipstick on a pig again. So I can I can say it in a, in a little bit better way maybe. But uh, you're, you're really putting lipstick on a pig if all you want to do is talk about the marketing. And so you have to rewind and make sure that you've built that solid foundation. Now, we're not going to go through all of those details in today's podcast because I want to talk to you about marketing. I want to get to the kind of the meat of why we market our properties. Um, really, the main topic is really why we market them outside of the OTAs. If you guys know, again, anything about me, you know that I'm not a huge proponent of running our businesses on the OTAs. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, it stands for online travel agencies and OTAs are the companies like Airbnb, VRBO, bookings.com. They're these marketplaces that the majority of people who own properties, that's where they're marketing their property. That's where they're getting the majority of their listings and or their bookings. And so, and 
and we're not a big fan of them. And there's a reason why, and I'm going to talk to you about it. But you really have to go back and rewind and really start to audit your situation, audit your property, audit the area, understand what the profit drivers are in your area. Have you decided who a target audience would be? You know, there's, you've heard me talk in some of my previous podcasts that riches are in the niches and trying to be everything to everyone is never going to make you any money in this game. And you're just going to get watered down and get lost in a sea of properties because every single area as short-term rentals gain popularity and gain traction and become more mainstream and more people want to use them as an accommodation. The, the, more or uh, mo- almost every market across the country is getting more and more saturated with competition and properties and everybody seems to be playing the same game and so if you take it a little bit different on the on the marketing side of it and get off of the OTAs learn how to maximize that asset on your own without the help of those OTAs you're going to set yourself up for some really amazing long-term success. But you have to rewind and make sure that you've that you've given some thought to the right property, the right location. Most importantly, once you have that, if you already own a property, what are you doing to deliver a unique experience? And we can again, I'm not going to dive into the details of that, but that that has to have that conversation has to happen way before you start to consider marketing your property. And so now, one of the things that I wanna also talk about is really why, what my philosophy of why we market our properties outside of the OTAs. You know, I, I talk to people all the time, they're like, man, Sean, I generate, you know, 98, 95% of my business on the OTAs. I don't, I don't get a lot of direct bookings and I've advertised and I've, you know, I've done all these things to get direct bookings, but I, I can't just cut out the OTAs. I can't cut it, take my property off Airbnb or VRBO because that's where I get the majority of my bookings and I get it. But I also hear a lot of people complain about the OTAs. And even if you don't complain, you're getting a lot of business on the flip side. If you, if you are one of those people that are like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this, but I, it's kind of a necessary evil. I have to be on there or I'm not making any money. Don't complain about them. Figure out how to run your business without them. What are you? I always say when somebody's complaining about it, I say, "What are you doing? What are you doing to get off of them?" And many times it's you know it, it, it's pauses on the end of the line or blank stares if I'm talking to somebody face to face, and they don't really have a plan to remove themselves from the OT. And I'm going to give you my view of the world of why. We shouldn't be running our businesses on these OTAs, whether they're making you money or whether they're not. First of all, it's like building a house on somebody else's land, right? Your any business, the most valuable asset in any business is its customer base. And our little businesses of short-term rentals, each of these properties is its own little business, and our customer base is our most valuable asset. Now, what we're doing when we run our businesses on and market on these OTAs is we're borrowing somebody else's customer base. And even if you have a management company that's helping you, and most of you know that I'm a proponent of using management companies. I don't like to manage my own properties. But even the management company who's doing this for us, they're lending us their customers. Have you ever asked your management company to send you a list of all all the guests who have stayed in your property? If you haven't, try it and see if they send it to you. They're going to look at you like, uh, no, that's we, we don't do that. You know, that those are our customers. We're not giving you our customers. What is Airbnb and VRBO and bookings.com? They have very, very strict rules about communicating with their customers. Even though they're staying in our house, they have very strict rules about communicating with those customers outside of their platform. They want to know and see and control that communication. 
because that's their most valuable asset. They don't, you know, that they know that, you know, make no mistake, the, the customer of Airbnb and VRBO were a necessary evil for them. You know, they they use us to satisfy what they're pr promising their customers. And their customers are the guests who are staying in our house. That's why whenever there's disputes and you know you, you can read all over and over and over when there's disputes, they're gonna typically side with the guest. They're not gonna side with the host because the guest is their customer base and it makes sense. I'm not mad at them about it. I get it. They're running a business and their most valuable asset is their customer and they don't wanna mess, they, they don't want those customers to go somewhere else. Those customers have options. Now, as us as hosts, we think, well, it's our property, right? I, you're you're staying in my property. I need to communicate with them, and they they do allow us to communicate. But if you and I've talked to some people that say, well, I you know I I extrapolate the contact information, and I try to keep it more often than not. People don't do that because they're not supposed to, but some people do, and and, and it's against the rules. It's against what what you've agreed to do to be on their platform, and you can't be mad about that. You have to try to do something about it, and. And that's why we market our properties outside of the OTAs because we want to build our own customer base. My little, my home, my short-term rental and every one of them, I want them to have their own book of business, their own guest. If I generate the listing, if I generate that, that booking, then, I, then that's my customer. And if I have a management company that, that I pass them off to to handle and, and do the, you know, the, the check-ins and check-outs or whatever you do, they're borrowing my customer now. But I can when I own the customer, now I'm writing my own rules. I'm playing in my own sandbox. I'm not playing in somebody else's sandbox. So it's my rules and and we have the ability to communicate with them. We have the ability to follow up with them. You know, when next year if somebody stays in my property right now and they booked it on airbnb and we know that people are repeat guests uh, really drive and repeat um you know visitors drive this business for the long term if they somebody stays in my property today a year from now you know airbnb's communicating with them all year long airbnb's sending them saying hey i hope you really loved your stay at this area they're not they're not promoting our property again they're saying hey come back to us and book in this area again i'm sure you had an amazing time they know that people are going to come back but they don't care whether they book your property or somebody else's property that's on their platform. If they book your property, great. If it's on the platform, they don't. It, they, it's not that they don't want them to book your property, but what they go and say is, "Hey, look at we've got all these amazing properties. I don't. You don't have to come back to Sean's property. You can go look at all these amazing properties. And if you've ever even tried to look your own property up on one of these OTAs anymore, they're getting so saturated it's hard to find your own property." let alone for a guest to come back and find you a year later or six months later or whatever that is. And, you know, when you don't have, if you're not talking to them and you're not communicating with, with them, which you're not, you know, you're maybe some of you are, most people that I talk to aren't, even the ones that do collect the information. They don't have, you know, they don't have the, uh, you know, anything in place to communicate with them, which you should. That's That's something that you should be putting in place. But really to do it the right way, you need to be generating the business as well. And so, so that's why we generate our own business. We don't do it. We don't try to get direct bookings. You know, I talk to people all the time that think that we do it to save on the fees that the OTAs charge. It has nothing to do with saving on the fees. It has to do with building our own book of business. We had when everybody, you know, in, you know, this year, in two, this is being recorded in, in October of 2020. But if everybody who owned properties remembers at the beginning of 2020 when COVID hit, 
everything, everything, our calendars all got wiped clean. We were no exception, right? Our properties got wiped clean. Our calendars by the end of March, April was, was empty. The difference was during that time, if you, any of you remember when, if you were on those OTAs, the OTAs, even if you had strict refund policies and, and strict cancellation policies and said, no, we, we don't refund deposits under any circumstances, the OTAs overrid, uh, overwrote all those, um, all those strict cancellation policies and they offered your customers or their customers, I should say, a refund. And they said, hey, listen, here's refunds for everybody. And they, they, made, they forced the host to give these refunds back and they, they made these overarching rules. And then there was a period of time where you couldn't book, you couldn't book and you couldn't go stay. And there was a lot of people, especially in major metropolitan areas, getting out. They wanted to, they wanted to go somewhere. They wanted to staycation. They wanted to go, they wanted to go isolate somewhere nice outside of just maybe their city, you know, or whatever else, wherever they were coming from. They wanted to go isolate somewhere nice. So there was a huge demand for people to book. And yet you were, a lot of people were stuck because they couldn't book the property. And so for us and a lot of our clients, we had, we had a book of business. We had a number of properties or a number of of guests who we generated, who we owned. We own this, we own these customers and um, their contact information. And so what we did is, and a lot of our clients did the same thing. We had, in fact, one of my clients had a, a property that only had, he only had a list so far built up. I think it was like 80 people. And he sent, he, you know, similar email. We just sent an email saying, hey, listen, lots of, lots of things going on in the world. A lot of people are self-isolating and, and can't really go do anything. Our property's open. It's got great internet. It's got, you can work from there. Kids can do their school, whatever. You know, we, we sent out the, the, you know, you've been here. You understand the area. We'd love to have you. We've got open calendars. Within two days, we all sent those emails out and our calendars were booked again. And then by May, everybody that's been in kind of in the game for a little bit, you realize that as fast as the as things fell off the cliff, it rebounded. But what if it didn't rebound? What if you what if all of a sudden by May, I mean there were people that were like, I'm out, I'm out of the business, I can't do this. You know, they don't even they don't let me book. I have people calling me that want to book. And I can't book because it's the only way that I that I know how to you know book a property or or take a reservation is through these OTAs and they're not even letting me. So what do I do? Well, well, luckily for everybody, then all of a sudden the demand shot through the roof. The OTAs started allowing people to book through those through those platforms again, and a lot of people filled up their calendars. But for us, we were able to do it a month sooner because we had somebody to talk to, and that's the number one reason we do this because. Ultimately, every business evolves from, from you know, it, when, whenever you own a business, it's always evolving to something different. The business today is going to look different than it did, or it looks different than it did a year ago, and it's going to look different in a year than it does today. And so, and our, and our short-term rentals are no different, and our lifestyle assets, as we call them, they're no different. And, and so what you have to remember is what we're really trying to do is evolve. I'm not telling you to take it off the OTA today. I'm saying run parallel with, the, with what we're talking about on the marketing side. Run parallel with what you're doing on the OTAs and start generating your own business. It, start focusing on direct bookings and generating your own business because as your business evolves, all of a sudden that ratio between how many people book on the OTAs versus how many direct bookings you get, that's going to start to flip. 
and you're gonna start to get a lot more direct bookings and ultimately you'll evolve off of those platforms. Now you're running your entire business, you own your entire business, and you've you've now evolved into a into an actual asset that can self-sustain. And that's the goal of it. It's not to save on fees, it's so that we have our own book of business and we generate our own business, we write our own rules, and now all of a sudden we have an asset that can sustain itself because you don't have to have thousands and thousands of people that have visited your property to have a very profitable property for the long term. You know, if you think about it, almost, you know, very profitable properties, most properties are not going to have more than about 50 to 60 people or, or groups, I should say, not just not people, but 50 or 60 groups check in or check out of that property in a given year. That's more than one a week. And so typically, you, you I mean, you can have 30 to 40 people check in a year and you've got a profitable property. So you don't have to have thousands of people. You can have two to 300 guests and all of a sudden you can remove yourself from those from those OTAs. I talk to people all the time that have had properties for five, six, seven, eight years and they're like, man, I, I can't do it. I don't even have, I don't have anybody that I can talk to. It's not, we're not allowed to do that, which you're not. And and I there's ways to kind of go around that and I get it. I'm not here to teach you how to do that or tell you to do it or not to do it. It's not allowed, and they're they're going to technology is is such that it will continue to evolve as well. And Airbnb and VRBO will do whatever they can to protect their customer base. And as technology evolves, it's going to be harder and harder to communicate with those customers outside of their platforms, like their rules say. So what we're really trying to do is to evolve off of them. You know, right? We want to be like our, our properties. We're the only game in town. When we're advertising, they don't go to my site and have to see thousands and thousands of other properties okay and and it's not that it's not that people aren't going to see other properties when they come to our site they're not going to see one property and just book it they're going to see everything else but the goal of marketing is to get somebody to raise their hand and communicate we know how to do that and and I won't get into that today what I want to really talk to you about more today is the high level of why we market and why it's so important to get direct bookings with your property. And so one of, one of the things as you start to get into that direct bookings, we talk a lot, a lot, a lot of um, people ask me, you know, how are we doing it? And it's, it really is playing in the paid advertising game. And, and there is, there's paid advertising and there's organic advertising. And what the difference is, is, you know, one, it's pretty self-explanatory, but if you're not familiar with paid advertising, we were typically on Facebook and Google. And the beauty of the internet is, is there's, you can, very specifically geo-target and interest-based target on those platforms. So it's really easy to do a little bit of research and understand who your target audience is, where they're coming from, how, you know, when they're searching. Well, I know how to find out when somebody's searching in, in an area that I own a property in on, on VRBO and Airbnb, and we know how to get in front of them on those platforms. That's what paid advertising is. We're, we're paying those platforms to get our information in front of that group. And we all know how that works, whether you know the details of it or not, we know that's the case, right? If I, I was just barely looking at generators the other day online, and now every time I pull Facebook up or Google up, on everywhere I'm, I pull up, I've got generators in the sidebar or in my newsfeed or somewhere, because, and I didn't even click on anything, I just was looking at them online, and I didn't sign up for anything. And so that's that's the, the kind of the beauty and the curse of, of online advertising is if you think about something, these platforms know about it. Organic advertising is a little bit the opposite. It, it takes a lot of time. Organic's awesome because you don't have to pay for it, right? It's free traffic. But free traffic takes a lot of time to generate. And, and, it, and that comes in the form of people 
looking for you and finding you and searching. And a lot of people talk about SEO. We haven't um, we haven't really run down that road. I'm not going to say whether it works or doesn't work. Um, it doesn't for us. Paid advertising is way more predictable. It's way more scalable. We can implement it today and see a result tomorrow. And so, and, and that's why we do paid advertising. So we take an approach of saying, okay, we're going to commit to this process of generating our own business. And marketing is a process. And so even, even when, you're, when you have a proven marketing plan that you're following, you're constantly making iterations. You're constantly going through changes and things like that. But it starts to be very predictable, right? And, and, but you have to commit to it. You don't spend a dollar. And, and, you know, like a lot of our clients, we operate around that 10 to 15 to 1 return on ad spend, which is huge, right? We can put in $1 and we get 10 out or, you know, anywhere from 10 to $15 out. So, in fact, I just got a text today that one of our members, she spent $200 on ads and she said, just spent my first $200 on advertising and got my first $2,000 booking. So she's getting a 10 to 1 return. That's what that means. You put a dollar in, get 10 back. And so, but you're, you're committing to it because she didn't put $1 in and get 10 back. She, she went, she spent 200 before she got that, that to happen. So it's a process that you're going to follow. And with marketing, like I said before, just an, and I'll give you kind of a high level view of how we go through that marketing process, but marketing is all about getting somebody to raise their hand, right? You know, the paid advertising job is to get us in front of the right person. And our and our marketing is to get them to click on our ad and ultimately ask us for some information, right? But what you have to be really, really, really careful about nowadays, and, and very few people, well, I shouldn't say few people. I think there's a lot of great advertisers and marketers out there, but a lot of people don't follow this advice. And, and is that when you're making an offer, you're making an offer to get a response. When you get a response, you need to make sure that you deliver on that response, whatever that response is. If you're saying, hey, I'm going to get, get back a hold of you or I'm going to talk to you, you better make sure you're available. And so you really have to have, before you start marketing, you have to have a very thoughtfully crafted customer journey that offers or that over delivers anything that you're offering. Okay, all those promises that you're making to your prospects, you need to make sure that you over deliver and, and from every aspect of it. And that's how you're going to get people to ultimately book. And that customer journey starts from the minute they see your ad, the minute they see your marketing, right? And, and then you've got to, then, and it stops or it ends after they've checked out and you start communicating with them beyond. And so there, this is an entire process, guys. And that's why most people don't do it. This is, it's a, you know, it's a long, lengthy, drawn-out process, but it's what takes people from dabbling in this and having a property that kind of limps along to being one of the top properties in the area and really maximizing an asset, putting it, you know, ha having a portfolio of these assets that are just absolutely fun to own, and and you're, they add to the lifestyle freedom, they add to the to your financial freedom long term, and you own the business. You own the business. No other business that I know about, that I can think about anyway, right now off the top of my head, operates the way that so many people do in the short-term rental game, and that's operating a business, basically renting other people's customer base and not building their own customer base. These are significant investments for a lot of us. So why not take it serious on that marketing side? But you really have to go back again, rewind, make sure you have a solid foundation. Make sure you've got everything lined up 
your, you know, with the property, with the unique experience that you're um, offering. Because when you have a unique experience, it makes it makes your marketing that much easier. But don't overpromise either. Make sure that you can deliver on that. Think about the customer experience. Think about the customer journey on the marketing side, so that you can, so that your prospects are they're like, man, this is every time I turn around, I'm getting more than what I than what I bargained for. In fact, I just got a I got an email today. It just made me laugh, and this is this is why so many people are so skeptical. But I got an email today, and I won't say who it was from. It was, but I, um, I, I like I told you guys, I get fired up when I talk about marketing and and uh, maximizing assets through marketing and advertising and everything else because I just love it as much as I love real estate. I love marketing, and which is probably why we do and and operate in the real estate game the way we do. But um, anyways, I I get I sign up for a lot of things, so I see a lot of marketing emails. And I just got an email and the, the subject line was 85 seconds to create a $500 plus a day business. And, and that's the problem with the world today is a $500 a day plus business. And this wasn't in the real estate world. It was, it was just saying a $500 a day business in the digital marketing world. 85, it doesn't take 85 seconds to put that together, right? Overnight successes are... You, you don't see the whole backstory of an overnight success. And that's kind of, you know, you, so to me, this is an example of what not to do. Don't go, don't go put it, say, 85 seconds to build a, a $500 a day business. But it's also what, why so many people get turned off about some of the things that I talk about on the marketing side to maximize these assets is they just say, well, just I just want to see the ads. Just tell me the ads. You know, I, I need the ads. And I'm like, no, you don't just need the ads. You need to build this foundation. You need to understand the customer journey. Then I can show you how to do the ads. The ads are the ads are easy, but what are you going to do when somebody clicks on that ad? How are you going to communicate with them? How are you going to get them to raise their hand and say, "Hey, Sean, I want more information from you instead of these thousands of other properties out here." You know, there's a you better you better figure that out before you start spending money on ads or you're just throwing money away. And so those are I wanted to give you a high level, not dive into the details of all of those questions, but but just to say, guys, this is. This is a business and you need to market your short-term vacation rental as a business. And the only way to run a business is to build a customer base. That is your most valuable asset. If I can leave you just any thought today, that's the, that's the theme of today's podcast is to build a business with your own customer base and get off of the OTAs. Start to evolve from the OTA. The OTAs are great. They got you in the game. They, they help you get some business. They help you pay some bills. But now you have to take that and start to evolve off of those OTAs and build your own customer base. So guys, that's all I've got for you today. I could, again, I could probably ran, uh, ramble on about this for another half an hour or so, um, but I'll just be repeating myself. So um, we're going to wrap it up today. As always, we'll see you same time, same place next week. If you got any value out of this, the only thing I always ask is that you share this with somebody. Subscribe, leave us a review. We're really trying to grow this and uh, share this message with as many people as we can. We love this space. We love the short-term rental um, game. We just we're excited about where it's going. So if you got any value out of this, share it with somebody. We'd sure appreciate it. And again, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Lifestyle Asset University Podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes, 
For more amazing content and expert advice, visit LifestyleAssetUniversity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.